Higher Things thanks you for your support. Please continue to support the work we do with youth by going to our website at higherthings.org, clicking on support and donating securely through PayPal. Your gift helps us in our mission to support pastors, youth workers, and parents in daring our church's youth to be Lutheran. Hello and welcome to the Gospel Boldly Podcast, where we confess with St. John that these things are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're your hosts, I'm Thomas Lemke. And I am Pastor Eric Brown, and we are back again in the book of Judges, in the great story of Samson, and, and I think today we'll finally get to the part of Samson that you probably know and love from your Sunday school days. I I, I think we'll we'll get to there. And, <laughs> cool. and I can can I give commentary on on last week before I go on? Please, because I realized that that probably was not really good podcasting because it's just me going. Oh, 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 I can't believe it, <laughs> and, and I, I I realized why because I, I I I've read this before, but I hadn't read it since my son had started going to preschool, and hmm. and I hadn't read it since I saw some of the preschool girls make googly eyes at Victor. Okay. And so, okay. so the, the 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 reality of oh, what what if he oh, 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 oh I mean the 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 good night. There are a lot of crazy women who like the redheaded boy, and and this could go sideways. So I think yeah. some of it now. Now I'm in a, a calmer space without the the fear of my my future in laws running through my head. So <laughs> <laughs> we so, can all be but, grateful. But. But the, no, I it, guess that that could be a caveat or a warning to our our listeners out there that as you approach you know dating age and making some of these decisions, uh, do not cause despair in your parents on that, on that behalf. Well, and this is one of the uh, the other things that does come up with this whole situation, just with what we've seen in Samson so far. Uh, oftentimes, we want to look at people from the scriptures as models as positive models of this is how we should do things. We should model our life after them. But but quite often the scriptures show folks messing up. So they are meant to be negative examples. For example, uh, I could not pull off the things that Samson pulled off because I am not the strongest man around. I, Fair enough. I, I don't get to pick up the jawbone of the donkey and go to town and, and I, I don't get out of that. That that so so He's able to do a lot of stupid stuff because he can get away with it. Uh, general, generally speaking, a listener, you can't. So there's but that. I mean, it ends up being a, almost a, a, a tried and true lesson on how things get messed up. And, and speaking of messed up, we will be back to the giant dysfunctional relationship between Samson and Delilah, where twice already. Uh, is it twice or three times? I feel like it was three. I think it's it was. been three times already. Not even fool me once, fool me twice. Three times she has tried to get his secret of his strength, and he's told her wrong three times. There's your happy marriage. And we're going to pick up again at, at sixteen, chapter 16, verse 15. Anything else before we dive in? 
Yeah, I just feel compelled to mention that it, it <clears throat> wasn't just that he's told her wrong three times. It's he told her wrong, and then she tried it, and Philistines showed up to try and kill him. Right. right. So there's there's that element to this, too. It, it, it's, it's messed up, man. It is messed up. Okay. I almost like oh, go ahead. Why, why don't you tell me what, what you want for your birthday? And and mm. then she tells you wrong three. Oh, wait. Uh, well, carrying on. <laughs> There's all kinds of traps that can be yeah, set. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't, don't, your relationship should not be a place for traps. It should be a place for giving love and care and affection. All right, there we go. Let's right. carry on. And she said to him, how can I say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and you have not told me where your, tr- uh, where your great strength lies. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. And he told her all his heart and said to her, A razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak like any other man. Okay. Now, just consider how twisted a scene this is. Mm-hmm. And, and and normally, okay, I, I'm I'm thinking back to the way the Sunday school lesson goes with this. That Samson loved Delilah, and then she just kind of tricked him and said, "What's your weakness?" And he told her, and 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 then she got caught. Oh, a duplicitous woman! I didn't know what you were up to. <laughs> no, this this is attempt number four. And note how she does it. Uh. If you really loved me, you'd let me know how to kill you. Is that a healthy relationship, Thomas? It is not. Is that functional? No, not in any sense. And yet it does serve, I think, as a a reminder and a warning that, man, we will do stupid things where our our heart, where our emotion, where where, where SEX is involved, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because... Because this is this is not a clear, rational thought. This is not even I will do what is best for my my beloved wife. Because again, if your beloved wife is trying to, <laughs> to get you killed off, you don't help her out. You you say, dear, there there are some things we we need to talk about. You you apparently have issues with the fact that I am am strong and you can't kill me off. And and I, I think really before <laughs> getting to to what my weakness is, we we probably should address these things in a, a kind and loving fashion. There's there's couples therapy for this kind of thing. <laughs> I, so so, <laughs> it's just one of the things where where this is really it, it serves as a great warning to us in terms of of how we can fall into folly, and then also just look at what's going on. Is he? All right, I'll, I'll put it this way: Why was Samson made a a Nazarite to God from? his mother's womb. Why has the razor never touched his hair? For what purpose? Well, the purpose of uh, turning back the Philistines, of beginning to save Israel from Philistines. Right. Is the purpose of that so he can really prove how much he loves Delilah by letting her know? No. It, it, no. It, 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 it's, it's a misplaced focus. It's a misplaced attempt at... Uh, it's forgetting why he's received the gift. So it's going to go sideways. Are, are yep. we ready? Okay. Ready. It's going to go sideways. Thomas, take us sideways. Okay. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, 
Come up again, for he has told me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands. Now, one thing very quickly. This shows you how desperate the Philistines were. Because again, think about their perspective. All right, three times Delilah said she's found the, the way to get the guy. And three times what's happened? He's killed everyone. Yep. But this time when she comes, yeah, I really got to, the lords of the Philistines come with money. I mean, so so again, they are desperate. To, Shut up to, and take my money. I, I know you've sold me three lemons, but I'm sure this fourth one will work. It's a Yugo. It's great quality. We'll take it. Nice. So, I mean, it, this is just desperation making folks do the stupid things. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Can you, can you carry on? Yeah, yeah. Let's see, 19. She made him sleep on her knees. Then she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks on his head. Then she began to torment him, uh, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at the other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground at the mill in the prison. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Think about just how cold this is. I mean, and this is one of the... It really doesn't take much more space than the Sunday school lesson does. They they captured him because he, he... Lord had left him with the hair, and boom, they gouged out his eyes and put him to work in the mill. I mean, this is just, we're, we're not going to, actually, th- this is something. Uh, the Philistines decided they wanted to curse and torment the person who had been the servant of God and servant of God's vengeance against them. And so, again, they gouge out his eyes. That's just egregious. That That is not, this is not an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. This is no, we're, we're going to make you suffer. This is beyond the bounds even of ancient justice. This is just petty. Well, okay, I don't want to say just petty. That kind of almost minimized. This, this is overabundant vindictiveness. Mm-hmm. And so, all right, we'll just throw him off to the side and ha-ha, we, we think we've won and we'll put him off to forget about him. And, and by the way, he is super weak now, so we'll have him work in the grain mill doing physical labor. Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> Which is where you might put with a cattle. You, you mm-hmm. can put your ox in the grain mill. We'll have them live with the animal. Ah, okay, so let us carry on. Okay. Or other other questions. Well, let's see. It, it does say that Delilah began to torment him even prior to when he's confronted by the Philistines. Well, even prior to when he's awoken, for that matter. What is she doing? Like poking him in his sleep and, oh, he's soft now. <laughs> well, he, it may very well be. I, I was thinking that about that as you read it. So it, so I think it is some of she's doing the testing here before she finally gets this one up and going. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this this wasn't just let, – let's make sure you just didn't want to like go bald for some reason and he was pulling another trick on you. Yeah. So. so, yeah, I mean I could see where she pokes him in the sleep and he grunts in pain. It's like – Mm-hmm. Oh, he doesn't normally grunt in pain. All right, guys, let's let's do this. I found the I'm, kryptonite. Bring on General Zod. Well, and it, it it is just sad, and and the the fact that yeah, Samson went after, her and even though she was horrible, although although there is something that is kind of I don't know appropriate about that because how often does God continue to love us even when we uh 
try to use things against him, but that's neither yeah. here nor there. Right. So, let, let, let's continue on and get to the, the, the Sunday school lesson. All right. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, and to rejoice. And they said, Our god has given Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their god. For they said, Our god has given our enemy into our hand, the ravager of our country, who has killed many of us. And when their hearts were merry, they said, Call Samson, that he may entertain us. All right. This is actually a theme that comes up throughout the, the, the book of Judges, that that our God has delivered us from the person who is opposed to us. But I want to note a contrast. Think about what the previous judges, mm-hmm. when when God delivers them, what happens? How, how, how does that deliverance look? It is generally the bad guy gets... Um, stabity, whacked. stabity. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's... Look, the threat is done, and now we can be on our own and and not have to be oppressed. Mm-hmm. Conversely, with the Philistines, oh yeah, Dagon's delivered him into our hands. So what are we going to do? We're going to mock him. We're going to torment him. We're, it's not we just want to be delivered. We want to be haughty oppressors again because mm-hmm. that's what they think they should be doing. So there there is a a, a difference between how how the two sides react to a victory i'll put it that way that's fair so and i think that's that's going to have a great impact on on what comes up in the story which we'll probably get to after the backwards life after the break all right sounds good so so all right when we get back to judges we'll see a dancing samson dance samson dance all right (laughs) okay And we are back on the Gospel Boldly podcast, and we are to the point of the show where we will go over the backwards life, where we will take a common idea that gets tossed around and come at it from a backwards way. Much like seeing Samson as a negative example than a positive example, but hey, <laughs> let's carry on. Uh, what do you have for us today, Thomas? What shall we uh, ponder today? All right. Uh, this has to do with the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And what I want to ask is, very simply, what is the identity of these other gods? If, if we're given the injunction not to have any of them, right. what are they and how might we avoid them? Well, and this is one, <laughs> you're not going to, um, this really gets to what is idolatry. And, and we've just heard of an idol. The, the Philistines had been praising their god Dagon. <laughs> uh, Thomas? To do the backwards life, uh, what is the meaning to the first commandment? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, what does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust God above all things. We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. So, I think really instead of thinking of an idol as something that you necessarily consciously worship, Anything that you love more than God, anything you fear more than God, anything you trust more than God has become a de facto idol. Mm-hmm. To have something as your God is to fear it above all things, to love it above all things, to to trust it above all things. And in fact, every sin is at its core idolatry. That That's why all the rest of the commandments begin, we should fear and love God, so that da-da-da-da-da. <coughs> so... So really, if you want to go and 
Okay, I'll put it this way. Anytime you're pondering your sin, you're pondering really idolatry. Let's say I do something bad. Give me something bad that I have done or could have done for sake of argument's sake. You don't need to like rat me out. Sure. You could have uh, expressed anger, undue anger at uh, your offspring, for instance. All right. Let us say I get mad and yell at my son. Well, yes, it's wrong to get mad and yell. That 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 anger is is most likely inappropriate unless it is somehow a, a righteous and just anger. But really, I, I think that's almost more hypothetical than rea- reality. <laughs> why, why did I yell at him? Was it because I wanted to watch my movie and he was making noise? All right. If that's the situation, what's my idol? My idol is my own entertainment where I'm saying, no, it is more important that I, I be entertained by my, my own wams, wams, wants and whims than it is for me to, to serve in my vocation as father where my son calls upon me for aid. I mean, imagine that. Imagine if, if God's response to your prayer was, I was trying to watch Miami Vice, and you bugged me, Thomas, so now I'm going to have to smite you with something. Leprosy for you. Yeah, I... All right. Forget a little leaven leavens the whole bunch, and we'll add a little gluten, too. <laughs> I mean, so... so what, what, what this does is we can actually look at at when we have messed up, when we have failed, and and look at it through the lens of of fear, love, and trust. Where where am I placing my fear? Where am I placing my love? Where am I placing my my trust? Am am I more worried about upsetting the neighbors than I am doing what's right? Am I am I more worried about making sure that I'm in control and therefore I trust myself and not God? I, so so really the the thrust. <clears throat> okay, R- really, do, do, do you know what the main idol is? The main idol we worship? Probably, I mean, we, we hear St. Paul saying it's creation. I would, I would further refine that to ourselves. Right, the, 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 the biggest idol is the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, where I fear the consequences to me, I love me some me, and really, I, I want to trust me. I want to be the one in control. Because if you want control, who are you putting your trust in? yourself. Yeah. And so I think especially when dealing with with idolatry, when dealing with other gods, we we shouldn't just think of them as external things, but often the 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 internalized. In fact, um this is one of the points that you get all the time in the Old Testament. And and Jesus riffs off of it too in the New Testament. Uh seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, right? That that's a, a common phrase. For sure. Th- that's how Isaiah described the idols, because what do they have? They have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears carved on them, but they don't really hear. Mm-hmm. And, and the point was that if you fall into idolatry, you become like what you worship. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. become like your idol. If your if you're God that you are worshiping openly and outwardly is a, a God of greed and money, well, what do you become? You become greedy and focused in money. If you mm-hmm. are worshiping the, the crazy fertility God, what do you become focused on? <laughs> crazy attempts at fertility. <laughs> uh, that, that was yeah. me speaking euphemistically, by the by. That's fair. Um, 
<clears throat> nowadays we don't label those things exterior to us as idols. We we don't have the the celebrity god, but but man, we can get focused on fame and popularity. Uh, we don't have the the <coughs> we don't have the money god, but we can be focused on money and and whatever our focus is upon, whatever whatever we want and crave takes us and crisp twists us and corrupts us. Mm-hmm. It's not that money is evil, it's the love of money. Loving money rather than loving God is the root of all sorts of evil. Mm-hmm. So does that kind of work? Does that yes. that cover? Definitely. This is one of the other things. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the phrase, the devil made me do it. Yes. Right? Well, well, to think of it this way. Well, the devil may have tempted you, but... But what were you fearing? What were you loving? What were you trusting that made that temptation sound like a good idea? Yeah. So put it back on yourself. Let a man examine himself. Mm -hmm. If you want to find your idols, look in the mirror. Look in in your heart. From out of the heart proceeds all sorts of wickedness. Mm -hmm. And on that chipper note. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what kind of wickedness proceeds from... The text well, here in terms right. of what is done. How, how, I, that, that did not work as a transition. I, I tried. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I, okay. T- can I try? Sure. I hope that was an entertaining segment. Now let's go and see how Samson is supposed to entertain the Philistines, <laughs> shall we? Much better. All right. All right. Start over again with the beginning of 25 and we'll, we'll plow on in. Okay. And when their hearts were merry, they said, call Samson that he, he may entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he entertained them. They made him stand between the pillars. Can, can I pause very quickly? Uh-huh. When their hearts were merry, when, when, when their fear, love, and trust was not placed upon the true God, but rather they were trusting in their own power of how great they were, they were loving themselves some love and not showing Samson any care. When they did not fear Samson nor the servant of the Lord anymore, when their hearts were merry, they're stuck in idolatry and it's going to go sideways. Mm-hmm. Fair enough? Yep. All right. Carry on. All right. And Samson said to the young man who held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars on which the house rests, that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, and on the roof there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson entertained. Pause this. Samson is the great strong man of Israel. And yet... As we know from the New Testament, God's normal way of conquering is not via strength, but rather through weakness, mm-hmm. right? I mean, same thing with Gideon having less men. Uh, and the great example of that is Christ's great victory is through the weakness of his death. Mm-hmm. It, this is the way of the cross. Samson is so weakened that he has to do what? He can't stand up. He can't really endure the strength of the strain of the entertainment that he's doing. So he tells the kid, hey, can can you let me rest up against the pillar? Mm-hmm. Now, if he had not been so weakened to rest against the pillar, would he ever been able to do what's going to come next? In a, in a converse sense, no, I suppose not. No. So again... It's not going to be Samson's great strength that gives the great victory. It actually is going to be the fact of his weakness. And from there, the victory will flow. God's victory giving him strength. Mm -hmm. All right? Let's carry on. All right. 
When Sam, uh, then Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord, please remember me and please strengthen me only this once, O God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested, and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all his strength, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. So the death, uh, so the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he had killed during his life. Then his brothers and all his family came down and took him and brought him up and buried uh, him between Zorah and Eshtaol in the tomb of Manoah, his father. He had judged Israel 20 years. It is a... a Again, this is the the famous uh, Sunday school scene where you have Samson straining against the pillars, and suddenly he's all ripped again. And think, but <laughs> no, this is just yeah, I, I I've messed up. This is not good. Let, let's let's be done with it. Let 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 me die with the Philistines. Samson, uh, do let, we need to make you angry? I'm always angry. Well, well, actually, actually, I don't even know how angry he is at this point. Yeah, yeah. Because again, so often we we might think of it as an uh, rage, but no, this is more just he, he's finally almost accepting his role as a judge instead of using his strength as I, I'm going to go be the wild playboy who's going to get to live life to the fullest. Aha! Yeah. I will live my best life now. Get me that hottie, mm-hmm. uh, Dad. Uh, okay, I, I'm going to. He finally says no. My my job is to to die to defend my people. So so it's I, I don't even think it's an I'm always angry sort of hulk type of thing but rather <laughs> I mean it, it's remember me strengthen me god these are words of confession these are words of of humility that that when I say Samson do you generally think great humility? No, not the first uh, I adjective mean, that comes to mind. What we'd seen previously in the story was nothing to do with humility, but yet here he has been brought low and he sees his humility and he calls upon God to remember him mm-hmm. and to only use me as an instrument, as it were. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, I think I think what you have with Samson is a, a fantastic story how God's plans play out in the end. Samson doesn't look to be the 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 great heroic judge. I mean, if you were to say whose whose life as a judge would you want to model yourself upon? Uh, you don't want to model yourself upon Samson, mm-hmm. and yet no greater love hath a man than he do what lay down his life for his friends. And I mean, that's where where Samson actually gets really does get a a good ending. Mm-hmm. It, it's a a a good way to go. And I think that can be informative just for, for the, the the Lord is the one who lifts up and, and raises up. It is a, a Samson received mercy from God in spite of all his uh, his wild and wandering ways, even as a judge. Even yeah. as he even as he took the great gifts that God had given him and and put them to silly use mm-hmm. so often, yet God works in them and through them. Mm-hmm. All right. All Thoughts? right. Thoughts there on, on Samson before we uh, roll on over to break? Yeah, just just one quick kind of tangent here. 
the lords of the Philistines, I feel like, and we have talked about Samuel, these would be the same lords who just now perished in, in Samson's... He didn't just off a bunch of random Philistines. The lords specifically were the lords of the five Philistine cities. Am I right? He took out the leadership. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- this is... Okay, if you're, if you're going to go fight some battles, it's one thing to mess with the, the, the neighbors or the, the family whose daughter was really cute. It's another thing if you take out the leadership. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, this is, this is where it's because the, the focus is rightly placed, not when Samson is at his strength, not at his peak, but when he is at his weakest. Mm-hmm. So. so be it. Okay, well, with that, break time. We'll uh, come back on the other side. And welcome back to the Gospel Boldly Podcast, where we're going to let you know something. Contrary to what you might have thought just from from Sunday school stuff, Samson's not actually where the book of Judges ends. (laughs) There are... Chapter 17 through, is it 21? 21, is it 21 or 22? 21, right? Yeah, yeah. 21, sure enough. And, uh, and, and before you get to Ruth, you get these four chapters. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about to uh, get crazy up in here. Oh, my goodness. All right, so so buckle your seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy ride. We're, we're going to... What I'll say is this is going to be lessons for us. Uh, Thomas, um, you're probably familiar with Grimm's fairy tales, right? Very. Um, now, I'm not saying that these are fairy tales and, oh, they don't exist. But but often the the true Grimm story tale, fairy tales that, that they had in Europe often came to a grisly, gruesome end. True. Because they were meant to be, you, you learned by, don't do this. Here. The science says don't touch, and here's why you don't touch. Ah! Okay. <laughs> Where, whereas ours tend to be, oh yeah, they are, and, and they live happily ever after. Yeah. You, oh, you don't quite get that in here. And so, what we're going to be getting are we can we're going to be getting, I think, some more. Uh, here are some bad examples. Here are the the ways not to not to use the gifts that God gives you in the promised land. All right. Okay. And I will admit, there there are times I really enjoy having Thomas read. Because it's fun to watch him read some of these things. It's fun. (laughs) All right. Shall we dive on in? Let's do it. All right. Judges 17. Thomas, dive in. Okay. There was a man of the hill country of Ephraim whose name was Micah. And he said to his mother, The 1,100 pieces of silver that were taken from you, about which you uttered a curse, and also spoke it in my ears. Behold, the silver is with me. I took it. And his mother said, Blessed be my son by the Lord. And he restored the 1,100 pieces of silver to his mother. And his mother said, I dedicate the silver to the Lord from my hand for my son to make a carved image. All right. So, so, oh, 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 oh. finish the sentence. Okay. Carved image and a mental metal image. Now, therefore, I will restore it to you. Right. All right. So, so, so let's just, what's the situation? What, what is the setting of, of of Micah. How are we introduced to him? Theft. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Mom, uh, I heard you complaining about the stuff that was stolen from you, and you were cursing. Uh, I stole it. So so here you go. Let, let me give it back to you. And that's not, oh, a, that's I, not chump change either, I wouldn't think. Well, well uh, 
10,000 pieces of silver. Uh, let's see. Uh, 1,100, but yeah. Or 11, oh, good night. <laughs> Math, good. Um, the, the, that is basically three years' wages, so it's a good sum. Yeah. That is the, the note from the LSB. I know I took your retirement account, but you know. Oh, you're, you're giving me, all right, you're giving me six figures back. Well, hmm, what shall I do? Well, I, I know there's the par- the parable of the lost coin where the woman has lost one of her, her 10 coins. And when she finds it, she has a party to celebrate. What yeah. does this good, pious Jewish woman do? Oh, I will give well, thanks to the shows Lord. Shows yourself not and, to be good or pious. <laughs> and the way I will thank God, the way I will show my great love to God is I will make an idol. Sounds fair. Uh, uh, okay. Boys and girls following along at home, do you see how messed up this is? Th- this is not a good situation. This is all cattywampus to start. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a modern parallel. It would almost be like, yeah, my mom was upset that that money was gone. And I said, mom, I stole the money out of your purse. And, and when I gave it back, she was so happy. She took me down to the whorehouse. I, I, to yeah, or, or, or I gave her <laughs> her 150000 and then she set part of it on fire to burn incense to, you name it, at well, Wall Street, no, I, I don't know. <laughs> th- th- then she said, you know what, with this much, we could buy a bunch of Coke and we could start being <laughs> drug dealers. I, I mean, it's just, it, 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 it's, utter- well, let's face it, how often do things get utterly messed up? And again, this is well, this, this is, book quite frequently, e- even amongst the people of God. Yeah, this. All right. So let, let's carry on and, and see where this goes. OK. So when he restored the money to his mother, his mother took 200 pieces of silver and gave it to the silversmith who made it into a carved image and a metal image. And it was in the house of Micah. And the man Micah had a shrine and he made an ephod and household gods and or, uh, ordained one of his sons who became his priest. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So, so basically that, that, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes and saying, this was the Wild West, folks. Folks were yep. all over the place. And, and I mean, this is, is mockery. I mean, he actually sets up a priest. He gets the, the ephod. So, I mean, he's decking this out. So, really, this is, this is just giantly egotistical. It's like, uh, you know what? Because I robbed stuff from my mom, who was clearly rich, uh, I, 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 I know how to set up a new religion because, you know, I, I, I've got money. This is awesome. Totally messed up. So that when we hear this, we are supposed to think, boy, this is messed up. That's why it ends with, yeah, and there, were no, there was no king in those days and mm-hmm. everyone did. Yeah, see, th- this is, <laughs> it, it's all messed up. All right, carry on. Okay. Now there was a young man in Bethlehem, in Judah, of the family of Judah, who was a Levite, and he sojourned there. And the man departed from the town of Bethlehem in Judah to sojourn where he could find a place. And as he journeyed, he came to the hill country of Ephraim to the house of Micah. And Micah said to him, Where do you come from? And he said to him, I am a a Levite of Bethlehem in Judah, and I am going to sojourn where I may find a place. And Micah said to him, Stay with me, and be to me a father and a priest, and I will give you ten pieces of silver a year, and a suit of clothes, and your living. And the Levite went in. And the Levite was content to dwell with the man, 
and the young man became to him like one of his sons. And Micah ordained the Levite, and the young man became his priest, and was in the house of Micah. Then Micah said, Now I know that the Lord will prosper me, because I have a Levite as priest. All right, Thomas, what's a Levite? Uh, A Levite, descendant of Levi, of the Levitic priesthood, one who is charged with living among the uh, Israelites in in their tribal dispersion, at least, and uh, serving as local, um, well, priests. Right. The the Levites were, were, not all of them were priests, but they were the, the, the group of people from whom priests could come. Yeah. Now, uh, is this Levite doing a good thing here by saying, oh, yeah, sure, I'll, 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 I'll be your cultic priest here? Well, <laughs> no. No, it, it's bad and cattywampus, but, but it's like, oh, yeah, I, surely God will bless me now because I've got a Levite. <laughs> I'm not just ordaining my son. It, 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 I, I've got the right sort of fellow. He even uses the proper name for the Lord. So you can't be mistaken about what God we're talking about. Well, and, and do you know what they're doing here? It, it's, it really is an attempt to try and force God's hand. I mean, cl- clearly God had already been generous with them. I mean, they, they were a wealthy family. And, and yet, instead of viewing, look at how richly God has already blessed me, it's, all right, uh, now we're going to set things up so we can uh, manipulate God, and we will create our own worship of God, not one that he told us to do. Not, we're not going to do what he has said and revealed to us, but I will do my own self-made worship, and now that I'm doing this thing that I've just pulled up out of thin air, out of the wickedness of my own heart, surely God will bless me. I, I was reading a sermon recently by uh, by Dr. Norman Nagel. And he had a great point. He, he The point was God is a giver. He gives good gifts. He is the giver of all good things. And yet we in our sin don't like this idea of giving. We like to trade. We like to have, I do this for you, and therefore in return you will do that for me. We, we like to, I wash your back, <coughs> you wash my back. We, and what we try to do is we try to find an advantage. And we try and get where, where what I give to you isn't quite as valuable as what you're giving back to me. Do you see how he's trying to do a, a trade with God? All right, all right. Well, okay. If if I do this gold idol and show how much I appreciate the Lord because I I'm using all this uh, silver, not gold, silver to to make a good shrine. There, that'll prove to God that I like Him, and now He will bless me. And oh, oh now that I've got a Levite, oh, God's really going to bless me. And 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 now that I I put plenty of money in the offering plate. God surely going to bless me. And now that I go to the right church, God will surely bless me with more stuff. And 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 now that I listen to the gospel boldly podcast faithfully, God will surely bl- That last one's true though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, no, but do you see how, how often instead of just saying and tr- instead of just simply trusting that God is good and he will provide, we want to try and make God beholden to us. And we even do this by making stuff up that makes no sense to yeah. try to make God beholden to us. So, all right. Any other thoughts there? Nope. Do we want, yeah, let's start 18. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get the next chapter flow. But again, this is all messed up. The oh. Okay. All right. Carry on. Okay. In those days, there was no king in Israel. And in those days the tribe of the people of Dan was seeking for itself an inheritance to dwell in. For until then, no inheritance... Oh, go ahead. Oh, oh finish the sentence. Finish the sure. sentence. 
Until then, no inheritance among the tribes of Israel had fallen to them. All right. Now, is this a matter of the Lord? And he shall call the name of the place the Lord shall provide. For as the saying is, it shall be provided by the Lord on the mountain of the Lord. No, no, no. They were seeking to do what? Seeking for itself an Mm -hmm. inheritance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thomas, I'm just going to ask very quickly. Can you think of a parable from the New Testament where where one son seeks for himself an inheritance. Well, I mean, yeah, in the sense that the prodigal seeks first from his father his inheritance and then goes and, well, he's a prodigal with it. He, he wastes it. All right. So, I mean, this this is that 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 same, this, this is emblematic of don't do this. You, you don't, God's a giver. You, you take what he gives you when he gives you. And if you seek to force his hand, that's all sorts of bad. Nothing good is going to come up from this. Mm-hmm. Now, carry on. How, how, how do they try to do this? So, the people of Dan sent five men from the whole number of their tribe, from Zorah and from Eshtaol, to spy out the land and to explore it. And they said to them, Go and explore the land. So they came to the hill country of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and lodged there. When they were about... Uh, oh, sorry. When they were... By the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite, and they turned aside and said to him, Who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? What is your business here? And he said to them, This is how Micah dealt with me. He has hired me, and I have become his priest. And they said to him, Inquire of God, please, so that we may know whether the journey on which we were setting out will succeed. And the priest said to them, Go in peace. The journey in which you go is under the eye of the Lord. Why is the guy talking when he has no right to talk? And moreover, uh, yeah, we're going to spy out our brothers to try to see if we can steal some land from them. Oh, well, oh, sure. That, that sounds like a good thing. Go in peace. <laughs> the Lord is with you. Have fun. Because, again, oh, okay. All right. How much time we got left, Thomas? Uh, about a minute and a half. All right. I, I'm going to suggest we, we pause here and we will, we will next time gather up again and, and see their journey. But... But do you just notice how how so often stuff is messed up in the book of Judges? Yeah. What I will say as a reminder is, dear friends, you will probably look up and see things often messed up in your life in this world. And you know what? Did, did God, does God at the end of the book of Judges say, and everyone was so messed up, so I just blotted everyone out? No. Not in my version. <laughs> Doesn't does not hinder God's plan of salvation at all. And again, a, as you look up and you see the the troubles around you, even the troubles in your own life. Well, no, remember that God is faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You you you're, you're not going to shock God with your sin. He gladly forgives the repentant. So, I I, I think that can get. Oh, this is kind of like a schadenfreude almost type of, of not enjoying their suffering, but just sort of, oh, well, I guess things aren't as bad today as they could be. So <coughs> certainly true. So, so let's wrap it on up for a bit. We will see you again, or, or you will hear us again next time on mm-hmm. the Gospel Boldly Podcast. Have a blessed week knowing that you are richly forgiven by Christ who loves to give you, in addition to all good gifts, forgiveness. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>